great song and a great introduction to what I plan to speak on this evening. But first of all, I want to thank the church at 21st Street for giving me this opportunity. And certainly I count it as a blessing to be able to stand before you this evening. This afternoon, I want to talk about our eternal home. But before I go into my main text, I want to start off with a warning from the scriptures from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. The Apostle Paul urged Timothy to handle the Word of God correctly. And he referred to a false teaching concerning the resurrection to make his point. Paul stated that this false teaching had overthrown the faith of some. And the false teaching revolved around the resurrection. And that's part of what we want to talk about this evening. So certainly, we want to make sure that we divide the Word of God correctly. The main text that we want to look at is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verses 15 through 17. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 15, the Bible says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive or remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, there are a lot of things that are going to be happening and taking place on this final day when Christ returns. So there are a lot of different scriptures that we want to look at and bring in so we can get a full picture of what's going to be taking place and happening on this day. We find that 1 Thessalonians tells us that the dead will be raised first. And in John chapter 5 and verse 28 and 29, we find where the Bible says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good under the resurrection of life and they that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. So we find that both the good and the evil are going to be raised in this day according to scriptures. Christ is going to return, and then the Bible says that the dead will be raised, both the good and the evil, and this will precede those who are alive. Then those who are alive will rise to meet Christ in the air. Now, there's one thing that's important, I believe, to point out about that when Christ returns. He is returning, as the Bible says, to receive us. When Christ comes back, He is coming back for the purpose of taking us somewhere. Now, a lot of times there are a lot of different doctrines about what the Bible teaches about the return of Christ, many false doctrines that are out there in the world. And, you know, there are a lot of people that think that when Christ returns that uh, we're going to meet him in the air, we're going to bring him back down to the earth, kind of like we're the ones that are receiving Christ and we're taking him somewhere. But the Bible says that when Christ returns, he's going to receive us and he is the one who is going to be taking us somewhere. And that will become more clear as we go through the scriptures. I want to look now at Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 34. And then we'll read verse 41. 
Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another. As a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, and He shall set the sheep on His right hand and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then shall he say unto them on his left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, an everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, the Bible says, once again, Christ returns, the dead are raised, both the good and the evil. Then those who are alive rise up to meet him in the air. And then we find that the judgment takes place. And the Bible tells us here in Matthew chapter 25 that Christ is going to sit upon his throne for this judgment. Well, where is the throne of Christ located? Well, the Bible teaches us that it's in heaven. In Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1, the Bible says, Now the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens. The throne of Christ is in heaven next to the Father's throne. And the Bible teaches us it is from this throne that Jesus will judge. The righteous shall enter the kingdom that has been prepared for them, and the wicked will enter into everlasting fire. Now, it's not the purpose of our lesson this evening to talk about the final place for the wicked. We're going to focus from this point on, on the redeemed. So what is this kingdom and where is it located that the scriptures are talking about? In John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3, the Bible says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there, ye may also be. Now remember, we said as we talked about 1 Thessalonians, that passage there that Christ is coming to receive us. And here he's speaking to his disciples before he ascends to heaven. He says, I am going to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come again and I'm going to receive you that where I am there you may be. Well, where did Jesus go? He went to heaven. Where is the place that Jesus prepared? It is in heaven. So when Jesus returns, he is going to be receiving us to take us to heaven. This line of thought also fits the type and antitype teaching of the Bible. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22, the Bible says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us, through the veil that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. By his death and ascension, Jesus has dedicated for us a new and living way. This way is through the veil. Entering through the veil typified one's interest into the holy of holies in the tabernacle. This represented heaven, the very throne room of God. Jesus served as our forerunner for us and has made our entrance into heaven possible. On the day that Christ returns, time as we know it will end. 
In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10, the Bible says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Now, time is that point from the beginning of creation all the way to when Christ returns. Genesis chapter 1 to the return of Christ. The material universe that we now exist in. There's going to come a time when this point of man's existence will transition from this physical mortal existence to an eternal spiritual existence. During this time, everything designed for this stage of man's existence will be destroyed. The heavens and earth will pass away. Now, it's important for us to understand that the Bible actually talks about three different heavens. In Genesis chapter 6 and verse 7, the Bible says that the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Now, in this passage in Genesis, the word that is translated as air in our English language in the Hebrew means heaven. And this refers to what we call the atmosphere. And that's the first heaven. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 20, or excuse me, 24 and verse 29, the Bible says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. The second heaven consists of what we refer to as space. This is the location of the stars. And there is a third heaven we find in the Bible. In Acts chapter 7 and verse 55, but he being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. This third heaven is the dwelling place of God. Now, only the first two heavens will be destroyed when Christ returns. The Bible says that they will pass away with a great noise. And the meaning in the original Greek language means that they will cease to exist. They will be no more. Our bodies will also go through a transition during this time period. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 39 through 44, all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Our bodies were suited for life in this current state. But that life will not continue anymore. Time will end and existence as we know it will be destroyed. When Christ returns, we'll be given a new body, a body that is suited for an eternal spiritual life in heaven. Now, the Bible does mention a new heaven and a new earth in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Nevertheless, we, according to this promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. You know, I said before, there are a lot of false doctrines that revolve around this teaching. 
And one teaching, certainly, that, that many people believe is that after God destroys all of creation, He's just going to turn right around and recreate everything that He just destroyed. But in order to understand what this passage of Scripture is talking about, we have to understand the meaning of the word new. The word new in this passage of Scripture is not referring to something that has just recently been created. This word refers to something that's already in existence. It just hasn't been used yet. So it's new in the sense that it hasn't been used. So what is it that is new that this, Bible, that this passage is talking about? What's well, that place that Christ told his disciples that he was going to prepare? It's the place that John was privileged to see in Revelations chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. God has prepared a place for man in heaven. A place eternal, not made with hands. A place where we will exist with Him for all eternity, and there'll be no more pain, nor death, nor sorrow. Well, finally, when Christ returns, He'll deliver the kingdom to the Father. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 24 and then verse 28, Then cometh the end, when He shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when He shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, and when all things shall be subdued unto Him, then shall the Son also Himself be subject unto Him that put all things under Him, that God may be all in all. The Bible tells us that on this day that the completion here is when Christ offers up the kingdom to the Father. And He also gives back that which has been delegated to Him for the purpose of bringing about man's salvation. You know, once again, there are a lot of false doctrines that teach that Christ is going to come to this world and He's going to reign over this world with man, but certainly this verse destroys that. Christ is going to be returning the King to the Father at this time. That all the redeemed may be with Him in heaven for all eternity. What a glorious day that will be.